Welcome to Telling the Tale. I'm your host, Mitchell Farley-Wolf, and as always, I'm joined by Dustin Jackson. Hey, Dustin, how's it going? My hair is really in my eyes. I need to get a haircut. Okay. Usually you do, like, a pun about the game, and I'm trying to think if that could be related to the game, but I don't think so. I think you're just being genuine in the moment right now. Yeah, it was it was just a thought, because, boy, my hair is really getting in my eyes. It, it was delivered with the cadence of, like, oh, remember the one with the hair in the eyes? Uh, <laughs> how could i forget <laughs> but i couldn't so I, the, the the problem with this game by the way okay we're talking about the third telltale csi game this week csi deadly intent released on october 20th 2009 directed by john drake for the Wii. now it came out for other consoles as well i believe all the main consoles and pc and being Telltale, you can probably assume that the Definitive Edition was the PC version. But we like to do things a little differently with the CSI games. We go for the console versions uh, just to uh, spice things up a little bit. Mostly because it's very, very hard to uh, acquire any of the other versions. But the, the <laughs> Wii version is... I think it's getting more and more serviceable. Uh, yeah. In, in terms of like how the, the Wii remote interface works. Oh, definitely. Like, at least in terms of actually playing it, this is the most uh, streamlined. It does a lot of the heavy lifting for you. We didn't struggle nearly as much, like, getting the tools working. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I don't think that we had... I, I mean, I always think back to that Three Dimensions of Murder, I believe it was the last case in that game, where we needed to look at a box on the ground from exactly the right place oh. to stand because oh the game wasn't built for you to have the ability to walk around yeah boy i think that's the lowest point <laughs> <laughs> yeah i would believe that if you told me that was the lowest point um yeah so the game wasn't built to have the ability to walk around but the playstation 2 version because sony was very big on just pushing everything into 3D at the time because not everything on the PS1 was 3D, but PS2 could basically do it. Um, They put, like, sanctions on their their people, like, you gotta be able to walk around a three-dimensional space. And Telltale's like, that's not what this is at all. But they (laughs) had to still do it. Um, This game, with the Wii Wii remote basically um, standing in for a computer mouse, it works pretty much... I can imagine this uh, working pretty much directly as intended. Yeah. um, It was not nearly as miserable a time. It wasn't great still, but I think a lot of stuff like um, you don't have to take any pictures in this one. For one, it it just takes pictures automatically, which is very nice. Yeah, so every version of the game, or not the game, but the three games that we've played so far in the CSI series, the tool set has gotten smaller and smaller. Um, In Three Dimensions of Murder, you had like eight collection tools and eight detection tools Mm -hmm. at any given time. Uh, you, You had to do some wild assumptions about what tool to use that we somewhat famously made fun of on this podcast (laughs) and they Um, would make you feel bad if you didn't get it right you would be like "Mm, try again yeah like there's scores at the end of your cases of like 
Well, you tried to use the blood detection tool on semen instead, and uh, well, that's just a rookie move, and we're going to knock you points off for that because of our inability to show you what color a stain is because of the PS2's resolution. <laughs> to be like, fair, it's to crazy. be totally fair, <laughs> it, it we were rookies at the time. We were just getting started. We were rookies, but like, if we were, I feel like if we were rookies on this game, on Deadly Intent, and then worked backward, we would, um, we, we might never have developed the mental block <laughs> that we now <laughs> definitely both have in terms of thinking and talking about CSI. That's true. I totally agree. Yeah, because if, if we started with this game, I think we wouldn't be thinking that much about the evidence structure at all. Um, because it, it was it was mostly painless. Just getting mm-hmm. the fingerprint. If there is a fingerprint on the thing, uh, you can hover your cursor above the fingerprint tools, and there are three different fingerprint tools. But it's not like you can choose which one you want. It'll just give you the one of the three that makes sense for that thing. Right. Um. And yeah. And there's like four sets of tools, and really, you only need to pick the set, and then it'll automatically give you the right thing for that set. That's a great, I mean, like, it, it does make it almost trivial in times, but I think that it's much preferable. Yeah, definitely. I'd, I'd rather just have a nice, smooth sailing experience through these CSI games than ripping my hair out. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I think I would agree on that. Like, the, we haven't really talked about demographics on these CSI games before. Mm-hmm. Like, these games are for fans of the show. And what fans of the show would want to do, probably, is... Like, they see the aspects of the show where some of the characters are deducing what could or could not have possibly happened based on the evidence in front of them. And they think, that's a cool thing. That's, like, the ideal of being a detective, but with high-tech spy gear and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's what the game is. And I think this is the first time... That we've been playing through that game where the UI has not been so cumbersome as to completely delude that, like, um, that fantasy fiction. That idea that, oh, I am being the thing that I think is cool. Because I think I I honestly got a little bit of that this time, for the first time ever. Um, wow. I, I kind of felt like it was a little cool to solve <laughs> the cases. A little bit, A little, yeah. a little. Not, like, <laughs> very cool. Just, like, enough <laughs> that I kind of like, oh, that was that was something instead of nothing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think it's better at that this time, but I do think the stories and characters were better last time. Definitely true. Yeah, I, and I'm hoping that, like, I, I can't tell what exactly is happening here with Telltale's involvement on the CSI series. So they made they did make four games, and that means that there are 20, essentially, episodes, but they're all bundled together in retail uh, units, 20 cases of CSI games. That is Telltale itself only made 140 episodes across every one of their franchises, across Sam and Max... Walking Dead, Wolf Among Us, Minecraft, uh, Monkey Island, Strong Bad, all of that added together 
140. Mm-hmm. One seventh of the company's entire output from the moment they were founded to the moment they went bankrupt was CSI. That's a lot. That is a lot. <laughs> it, it's a lot. And um, I guess one of the questions that I wanted to have an answer to by the time that we got through all four CSI games, and we still have one more, so get excited for that. Um, <laughs> and it, we, we might have this answer revealed to us or not. I, I kind of assume we won't. Is um, what was that about? <laughs> you know, <laughs> the, that's just the question I have. Like, hey, what was uh, what was all that about? Was that was that necessary? Was that part of the? W- was there someone at Telltale who really, really, really loved that, or were they kind of thrown into this licensing agreement from someone at Ubisoft? Who really, mm-hmm. really likes it? Because all, all four of these games were published by Ubisoft. Some of the very few Telltale games that were not published by Telltale. Because Telltale, um, later on in their career, became a publisher for other studios as well. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything else that Telltale made but didn't publish? Um, Not that immediately comes to mind. I can think of things they didn't make that they did publish, but not the right. other way around. Yeah, I, I can think of some some like console ports of things that they didn't publish but they did publish on pc originally right uh yeah i think atari published the uh the wii ports of sam and max season one and two yeah that sounds right i remember hearing the port of season two was a mess but i'm glad uh oh is that true i didn't know that yeah i remember it getting like really bad reviews Hmm. yeah i I, uh, for some reason, I have season one on Wii in addition to Sam and Max season one is, uh, the only game I have physically three copies of. Wow. And I didn't even realize that I had that, but, uh, I was in this one discord server for a YouTuber I like, and people were sharing, uh, photos of their like shelf of physical games and i thought oh i kind of got one of those i'm proud of so i i took a a picture of it i sent it in and a few of them were like dude pokemon tournament nice but a few of them were you have three copies of sam and max season one (laughs) across various consoles you must really like sam and max season one and i i was just thinking like it's probably my least favorite sam and max season but (laughs) sam uh, I guess I do like it. Uh, I, I have it I on guess... Wii and PC physically, and uh, the new Switch remastered. Yeah, I have it on. I have the remaster. I have uh, the collector's DVD they did, mm-hmm. um, and then I had just like a boxed PC copy. And I did have the Wii version for a while, but I think I sold it once I realized, oh, I can just play this on the PC. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the original way I had that game too was digital so i had at least four versions of it yeah Um, i i have a lot as well yeah and then i think i got the remaster on steam first and then i got the we or the switch version on limited run so (laughs) wow i I, I have a lot of copies of it you must really like sam and max season one yeah it's weird it's entirely coincidental i don't think i would have like I don't think I did it on purpose. I didn't do it for the other Telltale. I don't know why. <laughs> Me? Yeah. <laughs> I, 
anyway. would definitely agree. Uh, yeah. About what? <laughs> oh, what just is- on Sam and Max being my least favorite of the seasons, but also having the most copies of it. Yeah, Sam and Max Save the World is a... It, it, it's a weird game. My, my Wii copy has season one on it, but some people's Wii copies say save the world on it because they printed it twice during the name change wow i didn't know that you know what i you know what else i just remembered i have i have the xbox 360 port of it as well physically no it's it i think it was digital only okay i mean that's fine (laughs) (laughs) um i don't think those i don't think telltale i don't think new telltale has brought back any console ports of anything they've done right onto the Um, digital stores um how do you mean um i i mean like originally secret of monkey island or sorry tales of monkey island was on various consoles as well as pc but when it was taken off everything and then brought back to pc by new telltale I don't think they also brought it back to oh. consoles, right? Oh, I'm not sure. I never checked, but I would I would assume yeah, just PC only. Yeah, uh cuz I I know the if it was for PlayStation, most of those were PS3 era. So there's not native backward compatibility with PS3 on the new PlayStation, so that wouldn't make sense, but for yeah. Xbox you could probably do it. I just don't think they did. I you can play seasons one and two of Sam and Max through backwards compatibility on newer Xboxes, but are they still selling it? I'm not sure if they're still selling. I I had I bought them back on 360, so I just have them. But I don't know if you can still buy them. I'll have, maybe. Yeah, I would I would imagine that a lot of them actually got backward compatibility patches, but not um not put back up. In yeah, the store. they're not still on the store. I could see that. This is yeah. a good CSI episode. <laughs> yeah, you can tell that we love talking about CSI. Um, so I, I think that the two main like functional format differences with this game versus the other games that we've played in this series so far are one, what we just talked about with like the ease of collecting evidence. And the mm-hmm. collection of evidence was always the biggest thing, right? Right. Using evidence, um, doing uh, like dialogue tree stuff. That was... In the past, always kind of automatic. Like, it, it was barely part of the game. It was just a, hey, you see that splatter on the wall? I bet you can't figure out how to grab it. <laughs> <laughs> and then in this game, that is now trivial. So, major improvement. I think that's perfect. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, I, I agree. It's a change for the better. The second, I think, major format change is how you use evidence. How you use yeah. it once you already have it. Uh, because like like we just said, in the past games, if you want to compare two things of DNA, you would put one thing of DNA in the DNA analyzer machine, which is exactly <laughs> how it works on the show. Uh, and then you'd put a second thing in the DNA analyzer machine, and then they would match or not. And it was you would just press the analyze button and would sort of do it for you now deciphering the dna is is kind of a mini game and deciphering the fingerprints is a mini game deciphering any individual thing is a Mm -hmm. mini game now um 
some of these mini games are better than others. But I th- I think I like this. But uh I know you don't. <laughs> no, no, I like it just fine except for when it's uh not necessary <laughs> and we're playing it 2 a.m. Yeah, but I would based on your attitude (laughs) during the play sessions i would suppose that you found all of these unnecessary no i i i i feel like maybe i was just not in a good headspace maybe okay but we do okay okay Okay, Dustin, you do do this every time. <laughs> you have a terrible time, and then you get on the horn on the audacity, and then you don't want to be recorded being mean or something. And then you're like, no, it was good the whole time. <laughs> no, you know, it, I sometimes you just need to sit down, let something think it, sink in, and think about it for a little bit. Yeah, so you can lie to our listeners about how you felt. You did not like these. I, I actually <laughs> loved CSI. <laughs> All right, kid. You've got some spunk. <laughs> You've got some gumption coming to me with your bad um, attitude and then thinking, no, it was good. <laughs> no, some of them I liked fine. Some of them were a little annoying. I think the document, you liked the document one more than I did. That one was a headache for me. Well, I liked it once I figured out what... Okay, well, let, let's let's back up and then we can define each of these. Yeah. Um. So fingerprints, I think, is easily the stupidest one. Uh, yeah so before you would just put the two fingerprints in the thing and it you would it would tell you if they matched or not now what you do when you want to search your the fingerprint database for fingerprints that look like the ones that you have is you take the ones that you have that you've gotten off of like a id card is common or like the side of a gallon of gasoline or something um you take that fingerprint and you look at the fingerprint, and you have to click as many of the, as described by the game, important parts <laughs> as you can. How do I know which parts of the fingerprint are the important parts? It's weird, because at the, ver- at the ver- <laughs> during the first case, when they initially explained this process, and clicking the important parts of the fingerprint to match them to other fingerprints in the database... I thought, this is the stupidest thing. (laughs) You can't just tell me which... You can't just tell me to look for important parts without defining that. I don't know what that means. And, like, I would would build assumptions, because you were the one with the controller, but I would build assumptions of, like, okay, well, this ridge on the fingerprint looks bigger than the other ones. Maybe that's an important part. And it wasn't. It, like, I was wrong about my assumptions yeah. about what the important part was. You you literally just click randomly until you find them. Well, that's, that's what I'm going to bring up. Like, it, have you seen the show Severance? No. The show Severance, uh, no, no spoilers for the plot of the show, but one of the... the uh, elements of the show that is is brought up throughout the season is that these people have a job which is just uh looking at a matrix of numbers on a screen and then highlighting the important bits <laughs> and what the important bits are like when you start the job is like i can't even for the life of me understand what's important and what's not important uh, <laughs> but the more they do it the more they're like 
no, I kind of get it. This run of numbers is like it's it makes me scared. <laughs> like it makes it makes me have an emotion. <laughs> I kind of felt like that as we were going through the cases for the fingerprints. I kind of looked at like where one ridge meant another ridge, and I was like, no, I bet that is it. And then you would click it, and it was, and that scared me. Wow, that, <laughs> the idea that I could. Like, it could tell me, no, some parts of this fingerprint are more important than other parts. And (laughs) by the end, I could, like, feel something in my stomach of, like, yeah, no, I I understood that. (laughs) That makes me upset. I don't like, I don't like being an experiment in in your, (laughs) I don't like being an experiment, Telltale. That's the end of that sentence. You've done something weird psychologically to me, the person not even directly playing your video game. I hate that. Um, (laughs) i'm sorry (laughs) well um well the best part is you can also just uh not even do that and just click randomly yeah it's probably faster yeah i I guess if you yeah i mean there's there's no way i I wasn't batting a hundred by the end i was just batting like over 50 which is weird that's weirdly Mm. high yeah um you're not penalized for just clicking randomly either. No, I mean that's that's the way to do it. That's uh Yeah. If that's not intended then it's a a missed opportunity cuz what they wanted it seemed like what they wanted to do was like if you could only find 3 that's fine. Submit it with 3 out of 5 and we'll give you a a larger array of potential matches that you need to find the the correct one within. But if you get all 5 it narrows it down to just like one or two. Which is mm-hmm. obviously faster, um, but if if you can just click all over the place, why wouldn't you wait till you get all five to submit it? Maybe they should give you only a certain number of clicks. But yeah. even then, it's not like I don't like the thing it's asking you to do. Like try to think about something as being more important than something else. That's silly and frustrating. <laughs> yeah, someone at Telltale. Is a psychopath thinking like, yeah, no, they're gonna they're gonna find my important bits. I drew these fingerprints, and they're gonna find them. They're gonna love this. There is okay. I mean, they're not a psychopath, obviously. That hyperbole for the uh, for the audience out there, but the there is someone who who designed that mini game and earnestly thought like, okay, they'll get what the important bits are <laughs> yeah they'll get it there's going to be someone who writes into the show it's like my favorite game is csi deadly intent and what you don't understand about the important bits is that you can find about every time if you use this math equation on the ridges okay yeah uh, that'd the- be great if if they could tell <laughs> me the logic between behind what the important parts are then full points to them yeah, yeah. Full, you get extra credit <laughs> if you can yeah. d- determine exactly what makes a ridge in a fingerprint important. Um, yeah, I mean, don't you don't have to put that much work into it if you don't want. <laughs> yeah. So then the one of the other mini games is the chemical analysis, which I believe was your favorite. Uh, I mean, there's nothing to it. It's so I like it because it's so easy. Oh, okay. I well, I don't even know if I'd say like it's it's barely even a game. So I believe you, you said at the time it was your favorite. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, and and it's um, 
it, it takes whatever chemical you find at the crime scene, puts it on under a spectrometer, which sort of like sends light at it, and then it refract re- refracts light back onto the the screen, and you can see what bands of light are 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 there in the thing, and from that you can like look at your database and say, okay, silicon has this spectrometer band and then you can see that in your chemical but it's not just silicon like it's silicon and cobalt and like all the other chemicals have different lights coming off of them which is actually really how they do that uh Mm -hmm. so i think that's kind of cool but you're right you can just like turn it on match up the lines yeah is the line there or not and then you just turn it and it's pretty fast and yeah and it's never it's never like something you don't it's not like the fingerprints where it's like oh sorry we just don't have a match for you you always have a match and it's very easy yeah uh, um i think one time through the entirety of our playing you tried to search on a chemical and nothing came up and that was because we already knew it was whiskey (laughs) (laughs) so like what are we doing we're just at that point i think we were just tired and trying things (laughs) yeah that happened quite a few times (laughs) um yeah the dna was my favorite Um, yeah i this is another one where i feel like i would maybe like it more if we didn't play all these so late and i wasn't tired yeah this is like an um a legitimate puzzle for the, for the first time in a CSI game, I felt like, oh, I'm solving something, and if I solve it right, I will feel an air of satisfaction about it the same way I would if I solved, like, a crossword or a Sudoku or something. It, it's it's a, just a real puzzle. Um, mm-hmm. You need to find where your strips of DNA that you've taken from the evidence thing that you have match up to an already processed DNA sample from another person or thing. Um, and like the, the DNA is simplified to being made out of just four colors of DNA. It's red, blue, green, or yellow. And uh, d- d- like some of your strands are long and can't be broken up. So they could only be put in a certain place along the sample it's hard to describe with words but um i i got pretty good by the end at like looking at our strands that we could put onto the sample and then looking at the sample and realizing oh this strand that we have can't go anywhere in the sample therefore we know it doesn't match we don't need to spend time with it yeah you were doing a lot of the heavy lifting towards the end on these uh it was the only part of the game that was like kind of interesting in terms of you know these ostensibly are puzzle games but we never Mm -hmm. really do puzzles we just kind of like brute force the evidence until it goes and i don't think we're playing it wrong um we're probably playing it less patiently than other people (laughs) who you know given their own time i'm playing this in my free time i'm going to take as much time with each case, maybe I'll divide each case into three days of playing. I could imagine someone doing that. Um, yeah. We did not. <laughs> uh, you know, if they have that kind of... what what if, if they have that kind of freedom, if they have that kind of patience, 
they probably wouldn't brute force evidence just as much as we did. Um, but these DNA puzzles, even though, like, it's not really related to the case narrative that we were doing, like, I'm not going to find out who murdered anyone ever by using any of these evidences. They all, <laughs> they only ever just confess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, like, it's still, it's still kind of fun. The other one was a document analyzer, and it took us a little while to figure out that if you put something in the document analyzer, and it's usually, like, notes that had previously had something written on them, but then it was erased or scratched out, and then something was written over it, you could send beams of light to see what was written on them before. Mm -hmm. Um, And we had three dials to turn, and it took a long time for us to realize it, um, but those three dials were just red, green, blue. So if we wanted to find something that was close to the blue spectrum, we just turned down dials one and two and then turned up dial three and then like we could have done a lot less guess and check if we knew that earlier yeah the the one time i was getting very frustrated with it (laughs) that yeah that is true uh Um, but we did one in the last case that wasn't so bad i think because you got a pretty good handle on it um there was an optional one in was it case four i think it was case four yeah yeah um, that's the one where I was, I was just so done with it. Cause I wasn't wrapping my head around it. It was very late. Um, and it was an optional thing anyway. And I just wanted to get the case done. So, but, uh, I'm glad we figured it out and I'm glad that it went smoother in the next episode. Yeah. During each one of these cases, um, one of the other detectives, so, refresher on on past csi games the the format here is basically the same you have a partner who is a character from the show and then every other npc in the thing that is not from the police department is probably made up by telltale like they are not real characters from the show Mm -hmm. so your one partner is a character from show in in this game one of the other characters from the show is just sometimes in the lab and they'll be like, hey, I've got this completely different thing. And it reminded me a lot of Paper Mario the Thousand Year Door when you're talking to Luigi. And he's just like, yeah, I'm on a completely different quest. Listen to the... I got my whole thing going on. Yeah, I won't show you any of what I'm doing, but like, I'm clearly also on an RPG right now. Right. Uh, so these other detectives are coming in and they're like, hey, man, I've got this... Some someone dropped a bowling ball on this kid's head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, and that that was one of them, which was clearly a, a Sam and Max season one reference. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess someone... it must be their favorite too. But in in CSI, the kid easily died from this. Yeah, <laughs> instead of just being cartoon <laughs> knocked out. Uh, someone dropped a bowling ball on this kid's head. We have uh, a piece of DNA on the bowling ball. Still, can you do this for me? I'm stumped. And it was always that, like, can you do this evidence analyzation mini game for me on this thing? And uh, I think it only ever like affected our end of episode, like skill percentage or something like that. It, it never did anything for our case. I yeah. thought what it was working toward was like in the first four cases, these other detectives would have us do like these things that they couldn't figure out for some other case. And then our fifth case would be, okay, we're being put on that case now. Mm-hmm. I th- That would have been cool. They, I think they should have done that. That would have been a cool way to do it, yeah, but uh, nope. 
Yeah, instead they made the finale of this game uh, mostly just about transphobia. Yeah. Yeah, which in the year 2009, you can imagine how well that was done. Uh, We'll get to it. We'll get to it. (laughs) I feel like your idea probably would have been better. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, what you were referring to was in case four, the optional one that the other detective had was like this piece of paper that was written over and over and over again seven times i was losing my fucking mind by the end yeah we we had to find like making words appear on this paper at all proved to be pretty difficult but then Mm. we had to find like okay there's seven versions of this so like we need to keep turning the style we found out eventually that each of the seven things were like colors of the rainbow Mm mm-hmm so we can just arrange the dials RGB-wise to make red, then orange, then yellow, then green, then blue, then purple. Or indigo, or is in there, maybe. Um, and eventually we did that. But that that was the process that it took for us to realize that these dials were, were RGB at all. Yeah. I, th- I think one of the reasons I was kind of losing my patience with it was all of the other optional little things before this were all pretty easy. Well, I I think the optional DNA one, the one on the bowling ball, was the was actually like the hardest DNA in the game. Uh, mm-hmm. So like these optional ones are they're optional. If you want to do these evidence mini games at a much higher level than you would normally experience in a case, but also like shows off how far these mini games can go, they're there for you. <laughs> yeah they're they're around you can you can do it um, <laughs> and in the case of the chemical analysis and the fingerprint i don't think that came across because those are just always easy or mm-hmm. it, in the case of the fingerprint they're as trivial as anything else <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, but the dna one and the especially the document analysis one they, they got hard to the point where you were upset <laughs> yeah so we, was, we was i upset with the was i upset with the dna one i don't remember mm, i think you just wanted to move on okay but yeah i and then i, but I, I you very not much to, which i think i i forcing you not to did make you upset <laughs> <laughs> yeah well it 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 really is just that document one where I was because it just felt like it was never gonna end. I thought mm-hmm. like, okay, we'll do this like once and it'll be done. Oh no, okay, well maybe, okay, three times feels like an okay yeah. number. No, it's seven. <laughs> yeah, we got to five and they were like, how many are in this? And I was like, stop. five is too many. <laughs> five Please is already stop. Too, way too many. <laughs> He's already dead. <laughs> I do think out of all these mini games, I do think the DNA one is the one that feels the most uh satisfying to figure out. I think so too. Yeah, even if I wasn't quite wrapping my head around them as much as you were, I do think thinking about it now, it's the one that feels the most like a satisfying puzzle. Um I'm I've recently been doing a lot of Sudoku's. I watch a YouTube channel called Cracking the Cryptic which is a like a high-level Sudoku YouTube channel. And they just published a book called Cracking the Cryptic's Greatest Hits, Ooh. which is uh, like the greatest hits of their Sudoku puzzles that they've uh, compiled over the years of doing the channel. And it's a great book. And the, the puzzles are, are really satisfying in a way that a Sudoku book 
in my experience has never really been. And uh, there is some like it's it's a, a much more junior jumble level <laughs> version of that in CSI with the DNA than anything mm. that these Sudoku things are doing. But like it's. It, it, there's something to it. It, it. it really is a puzzle. The yeah. Uh, the mini game designer at Telltale should be commended for coming up with something that is legitimate, but also still casual enough for anyone who's just kind of like, I don't play video games, but I like the show CSI to probably get through on their own. Right. I agree. I agree. Um. So yeah, that's that's the major way the format of this game is different than the other games. You know what? Something I'll say. I these mini games kind of take center stage here, so much so that I'll, some of the other stuff kind of falls behind, like uh, the the table where you put things together. Yeah, that's used like twice ever. Yeah, and it's not you're not doing it for very long. The audio I, analysis I, tool was twice, the, I think, in the whole game. Yeah, you're you're given a thing like, oh, you can cut, you can isolate audio. And I, I, when we were first starting, I thought, oh, this is going to be a big mechanic. You do it, like, twice. Yeah, you do it twice, and it doesn't even really make sense the first time you do it. It, it only yeah. really makes sense when you're trying to, like, did I hear a church bell in the background of that audio or not? And then you can, yeah. like, isolate the church bell and make it louder. Uh, and that was the only time you ever did that. And that's kind of cool. Like, I, I like that they didn't feel like, okay, we have the budget for five mini games let's just use them as much as possible no they used them when appropriate and that made them feel unbalanced but at the end of the day it probably made us feel like the cases evidences like the pieces of evidence that we were getting were more legitimate right agreed they didn't have to fit an audio puzzle in every case they just did yeah. it when it made sense to do yeah it's it's just kind of interesting thinking about it in retrospect thinking i like i thought that one was going to be a much bigger uh mechanic yeah, the audio barely at all. The video, did we even do it, I think, one time? Yeah. The, the video analysis? Yeah, like, those come up a little more often in the past games, but here it's really sidelined, which is fine. Yeah. It's not like it adds that much to it. Yeah, and then the uh, the 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 table where, like, we were always doing puzzles, taking ripped apart documents back together at the, on the table in the past games. Mm-hmm. In this time, like one of the, one of the main ones I remember is there was a plant that was ripped <laughs> apart, and then you have the two parts of the plant, and just putting those two parts together proved that it was from the same plant, and that was it. Yeah, it wasn't like a bunch of pieces. You just had like the plant, and you had to put a leaf back on. Yeah, which is it, it, it's weird for a video game because in in a video game, like common video game design ideas mm-hmm. design philosophy would imply that like if you're asking the player to do something that task in and of itself should be worth doing right but in a if the entire purpose of the game is much less to be like a well-designed game and is just to be like hey people like this tv show they want to do the tv show themselves mm-hmm. making some things just very simple and it does waste your time a little bit and it's kind of like yeah i gotta prove that this one part of a plant came from a different part of a plant i just put them together and i prove it 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 probably goes a long way to 
make the game feel like the show. Even though it doesn't make any sense to do as a game. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's not something I'm like upset about, obviously. It's just, uh, you know, kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean, I won't be upset about it unless they make it harder and less good as a game to match yeah. up with the show. But if they're making it easier, then it's just I I guess we'll we'll sleepwalk through it. We'll we'll yeah. watch it happen in front of us. That's okay. Yeah, I think even even in the first episode where you had to like put the ashtray back together, mm-hmm. like there were oh, more pieces yeah, that was to bad. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that actually. Yeah, there was a uh, there was a heart-shaped glass ashtray that we had to look through like four different locations for all the different pieces of because it was the murder weapon someone smashed someone else over the head with it. <laughs> yeah. What a weird way to kill someone. Yeah, but after that case, we never used that table that much at all. Yeah, just the one time with the plant and then that was it. So um yeah, do we want to get into the narrative of each case? Okay. That was 40 minutes and saying mostly positive things about the game. Yeah, unfortunately, I feel like this is where uh, the negatives are going to come from, which... Yeah. I guess it's commendable that we're even saying positive things about this <laughs> game. Well, yeah, no one's putting a gun to our head to say positive things about this game, but, like, the improvements to the UX really do shine through each csi game in terms of just how you go about doing what you're doing has gotten better and better to the point where like we're now i could almost if if this pattern continues i could almost believe csi fatal conspiracy the fourth and final telltale developed csi game is like comparable to their other point and clicks and like solid and good yeah Um, I i was saying the other day like that game only has like a couple reviews uh-huh. But they are both good reviews. I think like 8 out of 10s. Yeah, it it just depends on if they make the case's narratives good again. Because yeah. Hard Evidence, the, the second one and the, the previous CSI game that we played to this, that one still had all the clunkiness of being a CSI game and we didn't like that. Uh, and the clunkiness has now evaporated a little bit. But the cases were way more interesting. We were talking about boogie feet and... Uh, marty party marty party and then the guy who just had a regular name (laughs) and we were talking about um the the lesbian couple that lived in a geodesmic geodesic dome geodesic what's that word i always mess up that word uh Um, geodesic geodesic dome yeah like there were there were places to go there was a a a vagrant who lived in a mini golf course and yeah they that I like that they got cool silly name that I don't remember, but I like I remember <laughs> I, that he yeah. did have one. In this one, this game just doesn't have any of that pizzazz. We don't oh, there was like the places. there was like the guy who talked like this. I need an heir. Oh yeah, the guy who needed an heir and like had like a weird psychosexual journey into making a new person. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that hard evidence went places with that. And there's like, there's shades of that in Deadly Intent. It comes out a little bit every now and again. Usually something having to do with LGBT issues in an era where in 2009. Okay. 
This comes up multiple cases, so maybe we should talk about this before we talk about the cases. Okay. 2009, but Telltale's in the Bay Area of California. Right. But it's definitely still written by straight people. (laughs) Yeah. It's definitely still written by people who I think had good intentions. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But if they had better intentions, they would have educated themselves a little bit more on some of these issues. Yeah, definitely. So, like, it, it, it comes a- across every now and again in multiple cases to, to have to deal with this issue. And maybe this is an element of the show that comes up a lot. I don't know. Um, especially at this period of the show's uh, run. But, like, case one involves uh, two erotic dancers who in the the twist at the end one of uh one was determined to have murdered the other because they were a lesbian couple but one of them wanted to try to get back with her husband and try to make the straight life work i guess and then the the other one got jealous and murdered her for it I feel like, gun to my head, I couldn't have told you what the plot to episode one was. <laughs> I only could this. because I have it written down in front of me, but you were playing through it, and I was taking notes, so I yeah. don't expect you to remember literally any of them. Actually, before we started recording, I said I had a game for you. I forgot about that game. I do have a game. I ruined it a little bit, but I was going to ask for each case, just tell me what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I, so I ruined it for, for case one. That was, uh, it, it was the, the lesbian couple, but they weren't shown to be lesbians until you got enough evidence that one did the murder. And because she's a murderer, now it's okay to show her as a lesbian. It's a lot of like that narrative, um, trickery that is more homophobic than anything in the plot itself. It's like a lot of the murder your gays tropes comes out yeah. in this game. A lot of the other stuff comes out in, in in this game like that. But, like, the characters themselves are not shown to be homophobic because I don't think they're trying to be. It's just a lot of the, oh, I didn't realize I was doing that when I wrote this story. Without, it was yeah. potentially very problematic. That stuff's coming out. The way they're going about it yeah. is more problematic. So, Dustin, let me, let me throw this game at you for case two. What happened in case two? Uh, case two was the boxing one. Uh, Wrestling wrestling yeah that's right one of them <laughs> i'm already off to a bad start <laughs> uh one it's it's like a rivalry between two of them i don't remember their names but i know one of them talked like this yeah and... he was maybe trying to approximate a little bit of hulk hogan's speaking pattern but maybe hulk hogan by way of uh mark Wahlberg's boston yeah. accent <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i feel like he was the one character where i was like okay so most of these characters are uninteresting but at least this guy sounds funny so anyway one of the wrestlers is killed well first um, the referee is killed yeah the referee is killed yeah and then that guy that talks like that was killed during the case yeah i was so disappointed because he was given some laughs and then his name was killed. hank hackett yeah, Hank Hackett. What a name. Um, then you like go into the room with the props. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was a samurai <laughs> sword involved, and there was a samurai sword, but it was blunt enough, so it couldn't have killed anyone. But then he determined, no, it did. 
it was just, he was just hit really hard with the side of it. Yeah. <laughs> cool game. Uh, what and happened then, in case then, three? In case three? I'm, I'm, just, um, I'm saying that you got there. I think that's a, a success thanks. for you for case two. Um, case three, was it the, the lady, the, the celebrity lady who was drowned in her tub? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, it turned out to, she was on a show called Rumors that was basically just a scandal reality show of like, oh, we're gonna look at this person cheating on this other person. And someone who was on the show years ago has harbored this vendetta for airing the interview that he willingly did with them. Uh, <laughs> like he was clearly a, a little um, unstable and he has checked into a rehab clinic. And it just so happened that the woman who ran the show was also in that rehab clinic. Right. She did not remember him and uh, or no, she did remember him. It turned out, but he said she didn't at first. Uh, and then he got his revenge by, by drowning her. That's right. I remember Jack Shell. Jack Shell. Right. Okay, yeah. Th- this is uh, getting ahead of ourselves, but I, <laughs> a good character. A good character. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jack Shell turned out to be innocent and also not even like part of the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that he was there all the same. He's he's a Las Vegas showman of some sort. I don't. Rem- he's got like a stage show. I don't remember what it is. Is he like a dancer? Is he a singer? Uh, I he's was got thinking a dressing ma- room. I was thinking magician, but I don't think that's right. That never comes up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's that. <laughs> um, but he talks like this. He's got this southern sort of charm about him. And yeah, uh, they determined he's made from him... the Bronx, though. Yeah, like his accent is a fake one. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but he... he never breaks character. He always keeps talking like that. Yeah, ask me if I'm Jack Shell. Are you Jack Shell? Well, by my stars and bars, you bet I am. <laughs> That's right, by my stars and bars. Yeah, uh, so he kept saying things that were definitely murder things to say. Um, and which means he didn't do it, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, just, I think as a narrative, that one might be my favorite case in the season. Yeah, Um, it's still not like the most interesting, but it gave us some stuff to latch onto. Yeah, like between the interpersonal intrigue of that one, which is not nearly as high as anything in, um in hard evidence still mm-hmm. but it was kind of cool and the uh going to a wrestling ring in case two i thought like okay maybe this is gonna kind of pick up but then cases four and five don't do anything that cool um case four what was that uh that was the fire breather who died from uh carbon monoxide poisoning perfect you got it Turned out to be a stepson because he abused him and his stepson couldn't take it any longer. Yeah. Um, that's it. <laughs> yep. You just summed up the whole thing. Um, although, notably, this is a weird amount of foreshadowing that they don't really pay off on. The fire breather uses a practice space in a building whose landlord, we hear, goes to a club called Marcel's. Right. Um, and then they... 
they use phrases I'm not going to use that are that they might have just been taken as matter of fact back in 2009, but are now considered very derogatory toward the transgender community right. um, mm-hmm. to describe that bar being a bar where there are shows like dance shows done by a transgender woman. Mm-hmm. Um, well, actually, I think transgender woman is probably not how they would be described now, but they they are drag queens. Uh, and this game sort of muddles the distinction between those two yeah with it's the it's deafness hard. of a clam trying to hold a book <laughs> yeah it's hard to really tell what they're going for it seems like the idea is kind of confused yeah I, and I, I i think this is just bad i think this is just bad like it's hard to apologize for this one right. um i i don't think they were being malicious about it but Mm -hmm. yeah it's a hard one to talk about yeah so but in case four they just mentioned that the landlord is going to this club and it kind of just makes you feel weird about the landlord or it's supposed to make you feel weird about the landlord it makes us just feel weird about the writers (laughs) that's that's the weirdest part of it like it it's kind of it it feels like they're just trying to like set up the next case, but it doesn't add anything. It doesn't yeah. add anything to case four or five that he was there. Well, sure enough, in case five, uh, the murder victim is Marcel, the drag queen who um, owns the bar and sort of runs those shows. Right. Uh, but then it turns out it wasn't actually her. It was another performer, Miss misapprehension Uh, that's the one yeah yeah uh misapprehension is the drag queen who's currently the understudy to marcel and sometimes is marcel on nights where marcel can't do it right marcel's been having like uh you know getting up there in age having some health complications so uh getting an understudy in there yeah uh i i guess the 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 person performing this character is in their 70s, but the character is understood to be like a live, um, jubilant, younger um, person on stage. So right. the the originator of the character is, is thinking like, okay, I need an understudy because I'm definitely running into the idea of health complications. I'm, I'm seven, People in their 70s can die at any time, etc., etc. Um, but yeah, uh, the... So the the understudy dressed as Marcel is the um is the murder victim they were killed and constantly both uh Brass who is for for those who don't remember Brass is the what's his job <laughs> he's he's your boss of some sort uh Yeah, he's just the guy who gives you warrants uh Is he the police chief? Maybe they don't really make it clear. I just know he helps us out. He's like the head of the CSI division. Uh, yeah, I'm sure that there's someone that actually. You know what? I'm gonna ask, I'm gonna Google CSI Brass. He's the top brass. Jim Brass is. Uh, let's see. I'm looking at CSI.fandom.com. Got to give fandom a couple cents. Okay. He was a homicide detective. Is he just a detective? Um, uh, I guess. 
let me see. Okay, so it says he eventually came to run the CSI department more as an administrator than as an investigator. Okay, so he just, th there's a word for that, I'm sure, but he runs the CSI department. Uh, yeah. So when you go see the victim during the beginning of case five, she's on stage and both your partner, who's Catherine, who is, Catherine seems like one of the more important members of the show's cast, but really does not make an impact on the game so much. Her and Brass are both there, and they both keep going back and forth between calling the victim he and her, and sometimes, very confusingly, Brass will say he suffered bruises on his wrists, and then Catherine will say, oh, did he? And then Brass will say, don't you mean did she? And, like, <laughs> he just, he was the one that just messed it up to begin with. Pick, pick one, Brass. Jeez. Yeah. And then she, Catherine, your partner Catherine, will get it wrong very commonly, more commonly than any other character on the show, probably. And then, occasionally, Catherine will say, don't you mean she? To something that you need to... Okay, yeah, I hated this one. Like, it's... <laughs> yeah. You talk in the dialogue using these icons. Mm -hmm. um, and you can choose what to say based on clicking the icon. So one of the icons... Um, had us say like was he murdered from the bruises or was he murdered from the poisoning and then she will say your, your partner Catherine will say don't you mean she after she just called the victim he like seconds earlier it's crazy yeah. that like they want to have now, her cake and eat it too yeah and, and now they they're shaming us their script yeah and then we're the ones who get shamed for it yeah the the game does not offer me a way to call the victim she because the only dialogue options i get are like do you want to talk about the alcohol or do you want to talk about the bruise like what do you want to talk about and then it's suffix it, like it supplants the information that i will get this gender identity wrong uh and then the show's character gets to be the white knight even though the show's character gets it wrong all of the other times they talk about the character, <laughs> like all of them. Yeah, and then sometimes they'll just shrug it off. She'll be like, "Whatever." Yeah, and she'll at one point she says, "His or hers or whoever or whatever." Like, no, whatever yeah. was not in question here. Whatever yeah. is for for nouns <laughs> for just <laughs> nouns of the world. <laughs> That's it, if you don't know if something is a dog or a cat, not in a situation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like all of this is compounded with the fact that I think the games, the game does not understand a difference between being transgender and being a dra uh, drag queen, which is yeah. admittedly a, a fine line and complicated in real life as well. I'm sure there are many people that don't understand, but like. If you don't know about something, then don't maybe make don't art base... about it. Yeah, maybe don't make your story revolve around it. Yeah, you have to play to your strengths. You have to. You have to. You've. This game was made by adults who have lived at least twenty-five years of their life before starting to work on this game. I don't imagine anyone younger doing it, but maybe. And that means that they have at least twenty-five years of collecting interests. And working on things and meeting people 
in the real world, which means that they have a huge amount of resources in their brains of like, I know a lot about fish. I know a lot about the outdoors. I know a lot about space travel. You need to do things that reflect your knowledge, not your lack of knowledge. And you clearly don't know about this. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's maybe, a shame. It, it's, a, it's a huge shame because it's an otherwise perfect game. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe they thought that their representation at all in this instance was progressive and it was not. Um, because it turned out that the, the real Marcel, um, the, the real Marcel, who they go back and forth between ever addressing as Marcel and addressing by their dead name, which, uh, y- you know, is just bad manners. But like in the writing of the thing, even Marcel addresses themselves by their dead name. Yeah, uh, like the dead name's always used in like the subtitles. Yeah, yeah, in, in like uh, it's always used in the subtitles. And when you first meet them, they say, hi, I'm Floyd, uh, whatever the last name was. And like, I don't think you would call yourself that. But yeah. it's, it's written that way. So cool, whatever. Um, and it turned out that they, in the 70s, uh, committed four murders and were a serial killer. <laughs> and they were what's, what was known as the Barber Street Boozer. Because the yeah. way they would kill people was by tying them up and force feeding them um like four or five full bottles of whiskey and it would definitely that would definitely kill someone that is a lot it is a lot of whiskey um and just because force feeding alcohol does not leave a lot of evidence uh it's not very bloody it ended up being a pretty hard to solve murder in the 70s um and this one detective, Detective Briggs, who has been with the Las Vegas PD for a very long time, is very well respected. She was handling that case. It turned out right. that serial killer only killed people who were trying to solicit uh, transgender presenting prostitutes um, and then were mean to them. Uh, mm-hmm. So, it, 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 like, protecting the transgender community in, in, in some mindset. Um, and one of those people was that detective. One of the victims killed by the serial killer was that detective working the case's fiance. But we no mm. one knew that for a long time. Uh, because that detective would not have let it go public that their fiance uh, was not entirely straight. Mm-hmm. so a lot of homophobia instilled in this detective and then uh near the end where she finally confesses to that she's like my my fiance had a sickness and then brass is like being gay is not a sickness and like to brass like i don't think that's what gay is uh it's not like exactly gay because it's a man who is interested in a transgender woman but that's a man interested in it doesn't matter brass the the point is you can't be the white knight after getting the <laughs> like everything wrong about this the whole episode. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's a it's a clunky one. It's a clunky one. Uh and I, I think they, they wanted to uh they wanted to make this the finale because there's this idea of like opening up a cold case from the seventies, solving it, 
and solving the murder that just happened, it turned out that the murder that just happened was this detective, this old lady detective who, uh, She'd recently retired, right? She recently retired, but she's always been working this case in her head because her fiancé was killed by this serial killer. And -hmm. then she found out the serial killer was Marcel, so she waited until Marcel was on stage alone, then killed Marcel, but it turned out that was the understudy acting as Marcel, so she didn't even get the right person. Whoops. Whoops. Uh, So between a detective turning out to be a murderer and a cold case being opened. That's like the weight of the finale where I think during a CSI season on television, that kind of thing would be a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but it kind of just feels like any other murder in the game on our end. Plus a lot of right. weirdly, weirdly sudden transphobia. Yeah. That was only the one instance in episode four. Yeah. Like, um, when you see that Marcel's dead or, or the understudy of Marcel acting as Marcel at the beginning of this episode, Brass says, oh, yes, Marcel, the grand dam of, I believe the term he uses, female impersonators of the Las Vegas Strip. And then the other partner is like, how do you know about it? Like trying to just <laughs> out. It's it's so bad. It's so yeah. bad. It's just. None of it is the right terminology. None of it is the right attitude. But they keep trying to be like, no, it's all okay. There's nothing wrong with it. I'm just, I, I just think it's confusing. Like the your partner, Catherine, just says, look, all of this he, she, whoever, whatever, so confusing to me. How could I get it? And like, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty easy. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, well. not the Not the best note to end your CSI game on. No, not the best note to end this, your CSI game on. Uh, none of these cases... I mean, like, we barely talked about the particulars of each case, but, like... Um, they it really... Nothing really stands out, other than, like, a character here and there. Yeah, I, I think that we did a lot less exploring in general during these cases than we did in previous games, especially le- uh, Hard Evidence. We already talked about that geodesic dome. I, I, I'm, I'm in love with that dome. <laughs> uh from i believe the first case of hard evidence nothing that makes you want to uh like explore the lives of these characters that much um phew. yeah that's, that's it. about it that's about it <laughs> so <right>. four stars <laughs> so yeah so four stars out of out of uh 7.9 stars as a max <laughs> I think that's fair. Sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. I really hope that they work. Well, I mean, they have worked because it's been out for like 13 years. In the, the next CSI game, uh, they work on their case writing, the writing of each case, but maintain the progress in the approachability of the UX. That would pr- make a potentially best CSI game. Yeah. I mean, they only get better. Yeah, so uh, I've I was playing L.A. Noir between this episode and the last one, and L.A. Mm. Noir has a lot of the same kind of stuff where like we're looking for um, blood spatter, we're looking for how the si- uh, the scene of the crime was left, how people react to interrogations is a big one, but we're not playing as a CSI, we're playing as a detective. 
Mm-hmm. So we just find that stuff, and then we send it to CSI, and then they give us a call later and they say, hey, the DNA came back on that thing. Well, they wouldn't do DNA. It takes place in the 40s. But, like, hey, we, we found this thing from this guy. You should uh, look into that. And that just is really good compared... That game rocks, actually. <laughs> Did you know how to... it rocks? It rocks. I've never played it, but I always kind of wanted to give it a try. It's very slow-paced, and it... Uh, makes you think it's going to be an open world game like Grand Theft Auto because it's made by Rockstar and has an open world in it. But it's just it's just a linear narrative game that has an open world in it. Just to, like if you want one, it has one. Uh, that's an interesting way to develop a game. Anyway, that's not this game. That's just sort of like a better detective game. <laughs> uh, so, all right. Uh, Dustin, any final thoughts on CSI Deadly Intent before we head into our segments? Uh, Doc Robbins. Oh, yeah. Okay, so the coroner, Doc Robbins. Uh, he's been in every game so far. He seems to be a mainstay of both the show and the video game series. He looks awful in this game. Well, he always looks awful, but especially here. Yeah, he's just, you can tell that in real life, he's just like sort of, a nice old man looking kind of guy but yeah. w- the way he's 3d modeled his his white beard's got like a smudge of diaper mark on it he just <laughs> it doesn't look good yeah it's weird because i think in the past csi games it looked bad in a different sort of way it it looked bad in a way where it was like it looked like the white was just kind of mm-hmm. like his face was becoming a gradient of white <laughs> Yeah. But here, the beard is much more clear, but not to its benefit. Not the color of the beard. Yeah, he he just looks like he's been eating out of a dumpster. Yeah, he's he's got sewer green all over his mouth. <laughs> but just his mouth, not like the sides of his beard. So like it really is him eating something. Or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy, every single time we went to see him, it mm-hmm. it really strikes you. Yeah. Um just that diaper muncher just living on his face. Uh, do you have anything else to say about him or you just hate his look? <laughs> That's it. I just wanted to make sure it was brought up. All right. Well, let's head into our segments. Um, because you don't have notes, I'm asking you to do a little bit off the top of your head, which is, I know, uh, hard. So let, let's just keep it simple. Uh, golden moment. Did you have a golden moment? Um... No, <laughs> I I guess not. My um, golden moment is pretty small, but it's like sometimes the icons that they would draw for us to oh, choose during dialogue. I think so I know funny. the funny. I think I know the one you're going to say, and I think I'll make it mine, too, because I laughed the crying so one. Long. The crying one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're asking like a widow, like, how are you doing with the grieving process? And then the picture that we choose to <laughs> indicate that thought is just like an eyeball that's crying a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> like a single tear coming single down. Tear. So what, you're sad? Is... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it felt like mocking her. Like, uh, oh. My, my golden moment for real, though, because that, that's, that one's a little bit mean. That's like the game actually not being good and just thinking it's funny. <laughs> the actually good one, I think, is... Um, some of the more complicated DNA strand puzzles, they were interesting. Okay. 
Um, you know what? Something else I'll say. I didn't bring this up when we were talking about this. How do you feel about uh, our equipment being split up into two different rooms? It's fine. I mean, yeah, it is a little more cumbersome. Uh, yeah, I, I don't like it, but I don't think it's like that big a deal. Yeah, so it, we have a data lab where you can analyze like databases and use computery things and, and do that sort of stuff. Uh, but we also have a materials lab where if you have DNA evidence or chemical evidence or you want to look at something under a microscope or use something physical, you can do that. Whereas in previous games, they were all in the same room. Uh, you can also go down the hall between the two rooms, which is never used. <laughs> and that's weird. Like, why yeah. have that be possible? Never once did we have to do that. Yeah. It'd be okay. cool if you could, like, go to the break room and talk to people. Yeah, or maybe, like, if Brass's office was... You could just see that it's physically close to you. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, just kind of s- build the world a little bit. Yeah. But no. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. So you don't have a golden moment? I guess not. I did think the eye part was really funny. I think I might just stick with that. All right, fair. Uh, Weekly Guy. Uh, So I don't think we should do one for all five. Do we have something just for the whole game? I got to give it to Jack Shell. He was very funny. I also have to give it to Jack Shell. Yeah. <laughs> He's like the one memorable character. There is one character in case five named Gary Beaumont, who right. is like the only it's weird how aware of actual progressive trans politics he is, considering that the writers don't seem to be, but he was created by them. But like everything he says is, is actually legitimate. Where like the, the detective says do you know this person's real name? Misapprehension's real name? And he's like, well, you probably want me to say that their real name is... And then he gives the real name. But their real name was Misapprehension. They really were mm-hmm. that person. And, like, Gary is... Uh, he, he's also got a weird accent as well. They all have weird accents. He, he sounds like Huckleberry Hound. He does sound like Huckleberry Hound. Looks um, like him, too. He's wearing that blue uh, sweater. <laughs> uh and they think that he might have done it at first but it turns out he's innocent so he was just kind of a nice guy yeah oh yeah and it turned out he was like homeless and living behind the club in the alley mm-hmm. hmm. that's too bad but yeah he was pretty good <laughs> yeah it's a bummer yeah but yeah i, I gotta give it to jack shell just because he, he just makes such a striking impression from the get-go do you have a weekly un guy? Because I do. Catherine. Oh, Catherine, like Catherine. You know what? Catherine's the better one. She's not who I was thinking of, but I I agree she's the better unweekly guy. Uh, let let me think. Let me think. Okay. Uh, weekly un guy. Just Robin's beard, but not the rest of him. <laughs> the uh, rest of him was fine. It's just the beard I have a problem with. No. Um. It's a character in episode four. Um, the landlord? No. Then I I don't know. The widow, the wife. And oh. the reason the reason for that, I brought it up when we were playing. She, f- this just feels like bad writing because at first 
she's like, just let me know if I can help in any way or answer yeah. <laughs> any of your questions. And then as soon as you come back with a warrant to search the place, she's like, how fucking dare you come back here? Yeah. And it's like, she, you just told me. She's also that stereotype of like the put upon abused wife who just lets her husband abuse herself and her steps or, or her actual son uh, just the entire time. And she like keeps defending the abuse and just puts up with it and lets it happen and even tries to hide it. Uh, and that that just is sad. And uh, yeah, yeah. A lot but of characters boy, have sudden changes of hearts. They're like, "Ask me anything. I'm I'm available to you." And you're like, "But okay, then when so you where actually were you do... last night?" And then, "How dare you?" <laughs> yeah, you think I might be the killer? I have never been so insulted. Yeah, I don't even know how to kill. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Actually, can I change my golden moment? I just thought of one that I thought was a little cool. Okay. Um, the one where. Was it episode one where she was, like, wearing a wig or something and her DNA, like... Oh, the DNA of the hair was different than her DNA, so... Yeah, I thought that was kind of clever. That was episode two. That was, episode uh, two, That was yeah. Tina Allens, the uh, very southern ring girl of the right. wrestling league who was about to become a wrestler herself once the all-female version of the league launched and she was also a co-owner of that league uh and right that's also why she was the murderer <laughs> <laughs> yeah i thought that was a kind of clever way to turn it on its head yeah that, yeah that was that was an interesting dna evidence kerfuffle yeah it's not like something huge but in a game like this where nothing in the narrative really stands out that much uh yeah, yeah i thought that was a nice little moment um here, here's an attempt at a very new very temporary segment how about <laughs> icky evidence you got a favorite piece of evidence um oh man i barely even i mean you remember. did just say you liked that hair that would count i i did like the hair i <laughs> i love I, that hair <laughs> gotta love that hair um you know semen's always a good choice <laughs> yeah this game had a fun. lot less semen than the first ones than the yeah. first two games yeah you always got to check for it but I guess it made the... I, was it only, like, one time that it came up? Because it stood out. No, it was definitely two. It was definitely okay. more than once. Cool. <laughs> what about you? What's your evidence of choice? Um... So... Let, let's see. Let, let, let I, me I guess this could just be potent pickups, but you gave it a little twist for the CSI theme. Yeah, it's a little bit different than pickups. Um... I keep thinking about the Kalk in episode four. Yeah, that episode was full of Kalk. I didn't. I didn't like it though. I just keep thinking about it. <laughs> it just keeps coming to mind. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, the awesome. ring. Oh, I love the ring in episode three because you can keep showing the ring to people and be like, "Hey, I found this ring at the crime scene. Can you put it on your ring finger?" Oh, it's not mine. And uh, one person says, "Like, oh, that ring. I do love it." But no, it's not mine. And everyone keeps <laughs> commenting on like, oh, I love that ring. But no, it's not mine. <laughs> oh, you know, you know what I'll say is one of my favorite pieces of evidence. Also from that same episode, he just reminded me. Um, the bottle of liquor that you get at the beginning, I just thought had a cool design. It had like skeletons on it. Yeah. That's the, that's like the only piece of evidence where I was like, <laughs> that looks cool. Cool. 
Yeah, there were some pills that were bad. There was a doc. Oh, the note from the detective in the last episode where she had scratched over her own writing. That was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you could use the document analysis to find out what was written underneath. That was interesting. Yeah, that's it. That's our yeah. that's our talk about CSI. Uh, what's this called? <laughs> Deadly Intent. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Yeah, thank you, director some John ups, Drake. Some downs. Oh, oh yeah. by the way, each of those cases had a writer that we wrote down. So let's just go through that. Case one, okay. Broken Hearted, was written by Ed uh, Kuchmel. I I might be saying that wrong. Uh, case two, Could Have Been a Contender, was written by Ross Berger. Case three was written by what's credited as the core team. Unfortunately, I don't have names for those people. Uh, case four, Extinguished was written by Ross Berger again. And Case 5, Crime Scene Impersonator, uh, was written by Ed Kuchmal again. So, congratulations, you uh, made a video game, and we played it about 13 years later, but we did play it. Yeah, I mean, what else could you ask for? 13 years to almost the day, October 20th. Oh, wow. Yeah, almost the... Did we play it three days ago? Yes, we did. We did play it on the 13th anniversary. That's right. We're, we were that's we did episode 3, right? Uh yeah, we did we played we played the hot tub one. Was that only 3 days ago? That feels like years ago. I know. <laughs> like I said, I couldn't before this recording, I couldn't have possibly told you what episode 1 was about. <laughs> yeah. Well, um uh, so what are we playing next, Dustin? I believe we're going to be playing Tales from the Borderlands. Yeah, I think uh, at this point we have some choices of what we could do next. We could do like Minecraft or Tales from the Borderlands or Game of Thrones or we could keep going on Walking Dead. But I think Borderlands is... We're going to do that now because they just released a new Tales from the Borderlands called, get this, New Tales from the Borderlands. Wow. Uh, so we we would have sort of done the same thing that we did for Tales of uh, or, uh, Return to Monkey Island when that happened, of a very special episode with those new tales from the Borderlands. Uh, but the only problem is that they came out too close together and we didn't know it was coming out. It just like sort of came out all of a sudden. Right. Um, so I think what we'll do... And I, I don't know how, how good of a plan this is, because I'll, I'll be straight up. I have not played any of the main Borderlands games. Me neither. Or, or I, I haven't played any of the Borderlands games. Um, yeah, uh, I, I know that Tales from the Borderlands mostly relies on the story of Borderlands 2. Okay. New Tales from the Borderlands, no idea what that's about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I hope they are just good games unto themselves. And give us a lot of like background of things you should have known about the Borderland universe going in. Uh, because I, I really will be without a paddle. I wanted to play Borderlands 2 before we played Tales from the Borderlands. But I don't think we'll have time. I just can't possibly fit it in. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, Gearbox. But I... Yeah, we just, we just can't. <laughs> just can't. Uh, I hear I hear very good things about Tales from the Borderlands, so I'm I'm excited to play it. Yeah, my roommate in college was a huge Borderlands two and Tales from the Borderlands fan. Uh, wow! L- like probably Borderlands series as a whole, but I remember those two. He just really liked. 
uh, and really like the world building from them. Uh, so that's cool. And we will see it when it comes out. Yeah. No, it's come out. Uh, <laughs> I meant to say, we'll see it when we get to it. So, Dustin, what do you think about this? We'll do Tales from the Borderlands, and then immediately right after, because it's still pretty fresh, we should probably do new Tales from the Borderlands as five very special episodes, non-numbered. Ooh, interesting. Um, I'd be down. We'll see how it plays out. Okay, so, but but next, definitely, the next five episodes are Tales from the Borderlands. So we'll see you then, and until next time, we'll see you then. So long! I messed it up by saying the thing before I was supposed to say the thing. So, like, when it I said the thing, it was pretty anticlimactic, huh? Yeah, you can probably go ahead and leave all this in. <laughs>